Well, Happy New Year. This is George Hale, the host of Buried, and it's just me this time. But my producer Jared Knight and I have told you multiple times since starting this podcast that we would hit pause and break format if anything significant happened in Carrie Mae Parker's case. I wasn't sure we'd ever have that opportunity, of course, but I wanted to at least make it clear that we weren't holding anything back. At least, not anything major. Which is why I'm thrilled to report that a substantial search for human remains took place near Lake Tawakani during the MLK Day weekend. Dozens of trained volunteers with multiple canine units braved frigid temperatures and winds in the Waco Bay estate development where Carrie lived not long before she disappeared in 1991. They were organized by a group called Q, Community United Effort. It's an organization based in North Carolina that assists law enforcement with searches for human remains. Volunteers flew in from across the United States. The best part? The whole thing was organized by the Hunt County Sheriff's Office. We're still in late 2017 in the podcast, but since you might be listening to this in the future, I just want to state that the searches took place in January 2019, on the 19th and 21st. I'm recording this update on January 23rd, 2019. We'll release it in lieu of the episode preview we were set to post. Finally, I've already released my short radio story about the search to precede this update. It aired on the local broadcast of NPR's Morning Edition on the 23rd. Let me say from the start that I don't know what the dogs did or didn't identify on the 80 to 100 acres that were searched in that neighborhood. I'm sure it's needless to say that the sheriff's office didn't give us a heads up. But they told other media, which in a roundabout way helped me find out when to head to Waco Bay. Also, it's pretty convenient that the last update from us was the buried lead episode featuring Brittany Greider, our photographer. That's because we were together taking photos only a few miles from Waco Bay when I got a text saying that a newspaper reporter was covering the search. Don't want to compromise the integrity of the investigation, so don't tell George, then he calls the newspaper. <laughs> the other that one. reporter was from the Herald Banner, a newspaper based in Greenville, Texas, the seat of Hunt County and the headquarters of its sheriff's this office. Really, this is the sort of behavior that, like, creates that situation, I think, yeah. you know? Like, whereas... Haynes could have certainly said to both the newspaper and the radio station and the TV station, this is going to happen on this time. I would appreciate it if you didn't air it until we were done. Whatever it is, you know, reasonable thing that I'm sure everyone would agree to if it wasn't like a, you know, urgent breaking story. Mm-hmm. But instead he isolates, you know, he closes out the, the media he doesn't like and then, uh, Brittany Greider is an awesome photographer, but one annoying tendency she has is to try to see things from other people's perspectives, especially during times of conflict. Because we can't depend on, like, you know, the local authorities to treat everyone in the county equally because they're mad. I was in the passenger seat whining and moaning about getting scooped by the newspaper. Kudos to them, obviously. My beef was with Sergeant Jeff Haynes, the detective in charge of Carrie's case, for leaving us in the dark. Until Saturday, we'd only met that one time. See episode 11 if you need a refresher on a disastrous encounter. Nothing illegal about 
whether or not you're a criminal either. This is true. But so I was a little leery about showing up in Waco Bay amid the search. Keeping the secret about it, they surely they want to keep it quiet, you know. But in reality, they just want to keep it from us, uh, which is pretty uh, sad, I think. Since the only reason the search is happening is obviously because of this podcast. I don't think uh, I don't even think he would dispute that. <laughs> so. Unless it's an enormous coincidence. <laughs> the clock would be so low, they would never do it. They would never stoop so low to do something like this. That is wrong. So frequently, yeah. I'm still going to be devil's advocate and <laughs> tell you to calm down. <laughs> What's the harm that would have come of me knowing it? Turn right on Waco Bay Loop. What did it say? Uh, I know where we're going okay. from here. After arriving in Waco yeah. Bay, like we pulled over to the left side of the road and parked behind a bright red truck with the words Caution, K-9, and Search Dog written on the back. Pull over? If you want, yeah, because there's... Oh, that's Hunt County, yeah. Now my heart's kind of going up a I little should, bit. yeah. Just go straight, I guess, and pull over. Maybe behind that guy. Brittany suggested that she step out to take photos first. That way, if we got run off or worse, we'd at least leave with evidence that the search was happening. Yeah, like that t- that car would be good one, obviously. That's what I'm, yeah. And the sheriff's office vehicle if you're feeling brave. Uh-huh. I'm brave. Seconds later, a sheriff's vehicle pulled up behind us. There's another police officer coming up behind me. Okay. Um, I've got this car and I've got the sheriff's car, and that's about as comfortable as I feel walking along. As soon as she stepped out of the car, sheriff's office vehicles pulled up from the back and the side. Okay, I'll get out. Okay. Not in a tire-screeching kind of way, but certainly curious about who we were and what we were doing there. That's fine. Are you recording? Yep. There wasn't any point in trying to keep a low profile, so I stepped out too. Hello. But the very first human being we encountered was, who else? Sergeant Jeff Haynes himself. We didn't recognize each other immediately because of how bundled up we both were. The search coincided with a fast-moving cold front. It was freezing. Anyway, once we recognized each other, I strung together awkward sentences like, I heard there was something going on down here. What's that? Why you say that? Well, I might not even know about it, but... 
understand there's another guy here that is in the same uh, profession as me, so I thought I should follow up. Anyway, I went ahead and asked Haynes if he'd be willing to speak to me about the search, and he said yeah, as long as I didn't throw him under the bus again. Which was ironic to hear, because that's exactly how I would describe what happened to me at his office. I guess everything is a matter of perspective. You can say whatever you want. I promise not to edit anything out or put anything in. Brittany stood to my side as the detective and I exchanged what must have been the awkwardest reintroduction of my lifetime. Still, I was happy the encounter took place on the street instead of another cramped interrogation room. That's, of course, where we actually met the first time. Uh, yes, yeah, sorry, this is a photographer. Nice Hi, nice you. meeting you all. Thankfully... Uh, Brittany interjected, and we all cooled down long enough to find some common ground. Don't record me. Haynes asked me to stop recording at first, which is fair. Who wants a microphone pointed in their face when you're just meeting again? Before I turned it back on, he told me he was leery about doing an interview on this podcast due to concerns that I would treat him and the sheriff's office unfairly. I did my best to reassure him, but I'm not sure how convincing I was. I tried to be honest. I told him there would definitely be hard questions. I'd be lying if I said I don't think his office, perhaps more so the sheriff than Sergeant Haynes, has a lot to explain. In particular, what happened between 2010 and 2013. During that period, virtually nothing occurred in Parker's case as far as I can tell. But this was before Haynes, which is why I'm not sure he's the right one to ask. I also told him that I honestly believe there's another side to the story about what happened between him and some of Carrie's family members. But we're not going to hear that side until someone from the sheriff's office decides to share it. I'm all ears if and when that happens. In the meantime, we obviously haven't been sitting still. Uh, we're covering about 100 acres. Wait, sorry, just kind of back up. Are you okay to record right now? Yeah, that's fine. Go okay. ahead. Sorry. So would you mind repeating what you said? After saying? a short no. conversation between the three of us, Haynes agreed to speak on mic in very general terms about what was happening. Nikon? You're recording, yeah. Thanks. Um... What we're doing out here today in the Waco Bay, Waco Bay area are areas of interest pertaining to the search for Carrie Mae Parker based on investigation, based on the investigation that has happened over the last few years, uh, different theories and information that has come available to me, Sergeant Jeff Haynes of the Hunt County Sheriff's Office, everything has led back to Waco Bay. Um, do I have anything concrete? No, I do not at this point in time, but this is an area of interest that in part of my research in this investigation, I've determined there's never actually been any kind of a search in this area by any law enforcement entity. So working with the uh, Q group, the Community, Community United Effort, sorry, it's a little cold, I'm stammering. Uh, <laughs> yes, so uh, we wanted to, uh, they offered to bring uh, multiple teams out here. I, I wanna say 10 dogs, uh, don't get me, uh, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> Laura is at the incident command right now. Oh, no, not right now. I won't interrupt. Um, so she's running incident command with multiple teams in different sectors. It was a short conversation as he had to direct a dog search team to its next property. So, uh, and, and that's really all I have right now. Uh, their team's actually waiting on me at the end of the road down here. I've got to let this family know that we're fixing to get on their property. Can I just ask the size of the search, the area? Approximately 100 acres, okay. I believe. It was between 80 and 100 acres total. And does this total. include, just to, one more thing, Howard Howard's property and yes, we've already we've already sent uh, two teams across those properties. And I assume that you'll announce the results of this at some point in time. Yes, uh, we'll be doing a press release. Uh, depending on how long this goes, looking at it now, we've probably got about three hours of daylight left. Okay. Um, this may go into tomorrow, okay. and um, so the end results we'll, we'll put a press release out on that. All right. Well, 
Well, good luck. We are definitely all rooting for you on, on this for sure. Not a problem. I appreciate you being out here, George. All right, have a Thanks. Good one. You too. Ma'am, if you want to come down the road, you're welcome to get some shots. Uh, just kind of stay at the road. is at the end of Lakeside Drive on Mr. Murphy's property. Uh, if you guys, I'd really appreciate if you guys wanted to get some pictures, that's great. That's Let me just describe what was going on in the area. I was standing on Waco Bay Loop about a block down from Carrie's family property. I could see multiple fluorescent yellow flags marking the area, showing that at least one team had checked it out. Mike Garris's property is across the street. It's fenced in, so I couldn't see much of the aftermath of any searches there. But Haynes told me Garris consented and allowed dogs on the property. On the neighbor's property to the east, two volunteer searchers were following a furry brown dog wearing a bright orange vest with the words canine unit written across. One of them was also wearing a bright orange jacket with the letters HRD printed large on the back. It stands for Human Remains Detection. Right after I noticed that woman, and the one walking nearby, their dog started making a digging gesture on the ground close to a tree. The two humans glanced at one another as one jotted down a quick note. Then they moved on to the next spot. I don't know what I don't know, but the limited parts of the search I witnessed seemed to be serious, professional, and thorough. It looked like they were done with Mike Garris's property by the time I got there. That's the one where Carrie's father Howard claimed to have buried at least one person after killing him in 1991. His account was that it was in self-defense, after someone showed up and threatened his family. One of the primary goals we laid out in conversations with Carrie's sister Patricia a year ago was to find out if Howard was telling the truth. This mattered because he said many other things, and named specific people, some of them living, that sound far-fetched. Patricia also helped me gather information about the attack in Germany and tried to talk to a man named Ricky Moreland about the Waco Bay incident. Point is, we made this a priority. So it was kind of surreal standing there on the side of the road a year later, watching a professional search. No matter what the result of this search is, if Carrie's there, or people in a well are, or nobody, it'll tell us a lot. It's also an important first step for searches that should happen elsewhere. One is a spot where a hitchhiker told Carrie's brother Glenn that she was buried. She even drew a map to the location. There's actually two properties that are right next to each other in that area. If it hasn't been searched, I would be eager to cross that one off the list next. Of course, I don't choose which places get searched, but I agree with Carrie's family. That old property sounds like a smart next move. All right, that's pretty much all I've got regarding the search this weekend. I'm just as eager as you are to find out more, and I wish I had some kind of insider information to share. Truth be told, I'll probably be among the last to be notified of the results either way, but I promise that I'll let you know as soon as I can once there is something that can be announced. While I've got you in real time, I also want to mention another important development. Anyone who knows me is already aware that I'm pretty upset this week about learning two of Carrie's children no longer believe the podcast should continue, or even that I have the right motives. I know one of them already felt that way about the podcast, but I didn't realize, or perhaps failed to see, that the concerns extended to me. I don't know what I can say to convince someone that I care about them, or their mother's disappearance, so I won't try to pull that off here. 
The only reason I mention this is I've been having conversations with my producer Jared Knight over the past 48 hours about how we should move forward and how we can balance the public interest in knowing how law enforcement agencies handle missing person cases versus the toll such exposure can have on human beings. I didn't set out for anybody to get hurt in making this podcast, and it's not something I have any interest in doing if that's the result. I certainly didn't expect to lose the support of any family member as a result of a search that took place last weekend, but it seems like the events left a lot of people shaken up, which I can understand. On top of that, the sheriff's office didn't notify most family members, so it came as a shock. Of course, they didn't tell us either. Nevertheless, I've seen people on social media saying they did, which is nonsense. In a phone call yesterday, Carrie's son Brian told me that one of the concerns is a result of something Sergeant Haynes said. And this was not at all Brian's sole concern about me or Buried, so don't think I'm trying to write it off as the sheriff's fault. But Brian told me that one of the reasons he's uncomfortable is that the detective said this case was unlikely to go to trial as a result of the podcast. I'm not sure how many people in Carrie's family believe that, but it's more than zero, which is troubling. I told Brian the same thing that I want to tell you. That isn't true. If that were the case, I don't know why the sheriff's office would have scoured 100 acres of land and brought in specialists from across the country last weekend. If the case had no chance of being solved, That would have been a massive waste of time and resources. But I don't believe it's a waste of time and resources. I believe that regardless of what they might have done or not done in the past, this weekend's search is a huge step forward. And I believe it's a step that wouldn't have been taken if it were not for a lot of people's combined efforts over the past year and a half to shed light on this case, including ours. The day I met Sergeant Haynes in 2017, I told him we believe the primary obstacle to understanding what happened to Carrie is continued silence. The time for silence has ended, and we're witnessing the results of these efforts right now. So it's hard to feel completely discouraged after witnessing part of what was undoubtedly the biggest development in this case's history. That's why I don't believe I'm wasting my time, and I don't believe I'm wasting yours. Buried is a production of 88.9 KETR-FM in Commerce, Texas, and of KETR.org. Its host and principal reporter is George Hale. Executive producer is Jared Knight with production help from Emma Anderson. Theme music is composed and performed by Brad Davis, and cover art was designed by Crystal Sid. You can catch up on previous episodes at KETR.org slash buried or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>